Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentle Way podcast where we talk all things martial arts. I'm your host, Justin Guthrie. And when I say all things martial arts, I mean everything from history, training tips, martial arts styles, you name it, we will probably end up talking about it. So sit back and enjoy. On today's installment of the Gentle Way podcast, we are going to have an interview with a good friend of mine and one of our black belts, Sam Alswager. Sam is a second-degree black belt in Shinsei Hapkido. He's been training for, I believe, around 19 years. Uh, he's very energetic. He's a great instructor and just an all-around great guy, great black belt in the class. And I'm excited to have this interview today. Hey, everybody. We have Sam in studio. Hello, everybody. Hello, Justin. Hey. So we recorded the bulk of this interview last night until about 1 a.m., and we were both getting very tired. Um, Sam started repeating himself a lot, <laughs> and my voice just gets really groggly towards the end of the interview. So what, I, what, what I've decided is in the future, I need to have water close by, because <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty long interview. Um, but Sam, just to kind of give an introduction here, why don't you uh, tell us what got you started in martial arts? How old were you? And, uh, you know, kind of just give us a quick background. Yeah, of course. So <clears throat> I was uh, I was eight years old and my mom actually put me in uh, the martial arts class uh, shortly after we moved to Springfield. So I'm originally from uh, Washington State. <clears throat> Tacoma, to be exact. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. <clears throat> Man. <laughs> Maybe I don't know Sam as well as I thought. Well, now you do. <laughs> That's all right. So we moved from Washington to uh, a little town, some of you might know, West Plains. Uh, it's uh, about uh, 30 minutes away from uh, Walmart. <laughs> and then there was one little gas station that I mowed for uh, for money that uh, I could use at that Walmart when we went once a month. <laughs> wow. So we, we, we stayed there for about a year, uh, and then we decided to move to my – or my parents, rather, decided to move to Springfield for work. Uh, my dad was uh, – is an electrician. Uh, a master electrician, in fact, and so we moved to Springfield because it was a it was really booming in the early two thousands um, for new construct for new construction. And whenever my mom heard, and I still don't know exactly how she heard about this, I might have to actually ask her about this. Um, the, she figured out that there was a a Christian martial arts school uh, right down the road at. Um, a church called Ridgecrest Baptist on Republic Road here in Springfield. And when my mom heard about that, she was like, you're going. <laughs> and, that, and I had no objections whatsoever. Uh, if you look at some of our family albums, uh, me, three, four, five-year-old, every single time I took a picture or someone took a picture of me, I was in some sort of karate stance. <laughs> Which I still do not know to this day how I knew a front stance at four years old. But you know what? There's proof. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, you know, it was just one of those things that was meant to be. 
Um, and later on in the interview, I talk a little bit about how I, I was uh, quite the hothead little kid. And my mom definitely wanted an outlet for that. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in martial arts. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to the bulk of the interview. Thank you, Sam, for uh, sitting and recording this with me until late hours of the night. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on. Thanks. Thanks, Justin. Happy to do it. Yeah. All right, guys. So enjoy the rest of the interview and we'll get to it here. So how would you say that martial arts helped you academically? Um, did it help you academically? And if so, how? Yeah, so I would say it did for sure. So in our class, you know, we were required to do, you know, essays uh, for every belt, belt rank. And in school, you know, I was homeschooled, but I still did, you know, and... For public, for public school, too, is the same, same thing. Writing essays is part of schools. Sure. You know. And having a little extra essays to do, it definitely helped because I felt like I got a little bit, maybe a little bit more. You know, I was homeschooled. I, I may not have done as many essays as someone in public school. <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, you were you were homeschooled, too, correct? Yeah, I was. Yeah, did did you write a lot of essays? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm kind of on. The, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> I I know some of our peers. Uh, I remember. I remember one kid in particular. He would always talk about. I have to write so many essays in school, and now I have to write them for martial arts too. And I just thought, I was like, well, you really got to write that many? I don't have to write that many. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I, I remember having to do a couple of book reports uh, whenever yeah. I was pretty young. But whenever it came to essays, actually, most of my essay writing experience came with uh, martial arts and writing essays for class. And then from there, that actually assisted me in helping to understand, um, you know, whenever I was more the the college age, how to actually put essays together you know when it's more important to do so yeah for sure so yeah so like i can actually really relate so i was homeschooled but i ended up going to public school uh for my last semester of high school and uh and i, I it's kind of embarrassing but you know it, it just goes to show you how hard you know homeschooling is you know I I actually had to retake uh, freshman all the way to um, senior year of high school because I was a little behind uh, academically for sure. Um, and whenever I got into pub public school, I felt like because I had written essays for martial arts, I feel like it helped tremendously because like you said, you know, it helped you really write them when you really needed to, to how to formulate and I feel like because martial arts was something that I really enjoyed, it was a little bit easier writing uh, essays on on martial arts, you, you know, because they're usually martial arts related because the essays were because they were part of your 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 belt ranking, you know, through our system. And so whenever I got to high school, you know, I had to read, you know, I had to kind of redo, you know, a couple of years of high school <laughs> and uh 
they were those essays were critical to getting good grades, you know. And I felt like I felt like for the essay stuff, I I had a good grasp of that at least. I always got really good grades on my essays. You know, Mr. Dunn, you know, Sensei Dunn, our instructor, our instructor, he'd always give really good feedback uh, on our e- essays. You know, he wouldn't grade it like you know a traditional uh, teacher would would grade would grade them. He was really looking for understanding the concept and being able to answer the question effectively. Right, right. And I remember um, not only seeing other students, I did this probably my first essay is I hand wrote it. And at that young of an age, I was maybe 10 or 11, my handwriting was not very good. And I was going to give it to David Dunham. My dad took it and typed it up because my handwriting was (laughs) atrocious. It was just really bad. Um, did you ever have that issue with the handwriting when you were young? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, Just want to yeah. make sure for, I'm not the only sure. one. No, I, I mean, I was just really bad at practicing my handwriting. I think that's, that, that's what the biggest thing was for me. Um, bad at I, practicing as in you just didn't practice. No, I did practice, but not nearly as much as I should have. Okay. Uh, I had really shaky <clears throat> handwriting. I think it was probably a confidence issue, <laughs> for sure. Makes sense. <laughs> and a practicing issue. Uh, but I did, I man, I remember even when Windows 98 was out of date. I was using ninety Windows ninety eight to type up on on Notepad. It was so bad, so no spell check or anything. But it, you know, I had this old printer and this old computer that you know that was just in the corner that nobody used, and so I used that to actually type up my essays. Gotcha. And I've I've had students turn in essays that they hand wrote, and I I won't say who or when. But I've gotten some handwritten essays that were just impossible to read their writing. Yeah. You know, the the letters were huge and really almost scribbled. Yep. Um, and I'd, I'd feel bad, but I'd have to ask the student to read it to me. Yeah. Which, in a way, was nice because I wanted to make sure that they could read their own handwriting. <laughs> if they could, I was like, A+. Plus. A+, you know, plus, yeah. That's good enough as long as you get the concept. Um, but a lot of our essays were based on martial arts concepts. Like the very first one was just asking you to write an essay on why you want to learn martial arts. Mm-hmm. And after there, it progressed. We had essays on, you know, what is, or describe balance, explain what balance is. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an essay on what it means to be a Christian black belt. Um, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head what all of them were, but there was, there was one essay per belt. And I think there was one occasion where I was actually given two essays um, while I was the same belt rank. I was given one, turned it in right away, and then like six months later, David Dunn gave me a second one to write to go towards my promotion. But uh, So we had essays. We also had the the Japanese and the Korean terminology. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to where now I, I enjoy it, but yeah, for sure. back then I would get, I, I would be given a hard time because me and my brother were really bad about trying to put an accent 
like like a Japanese <laughs> accent behind the words we were saying, where you know people would be. Um, to give you an example, I've heard American karate instructors whenever they're uh, giving their commands, you know, they're KSK Yoi, <laughs> you know, just very very natural their own to- tone. Yeah, and see me, I'm like. Yes, okay. <laughs> Yoy. You know, like trying to give that, that emphasis, you know, and yeah. I don't know why, but I used to get made fun of a lot for it whenever I was younger by other other uh, students. Was I one of those? I don't remember. You might have been. <laughs> if so, I'm sorry. Because I, I find myself even doing that to this day, and I don't mean to. Making fun of or doing the accent? <laughs> Oh, a little bit of both. Oh, okay. <laughs> you ever make fun of yourself like I just did? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You gotta... If you're gonna be in martial arts, you have to have quite the quite a bit of humility. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, we had to learn the... We had to learn the Japanese and Korean terminology along with what it was in English. And so how would you say that that... I mean, do you think that that helped you academically in some ways? I would say, yeah, for sure. So learning, I mean, learning the, learning another language is extremely hard. And those are two languages that are extremely di- difficult. And and don't misinterpret what I mean by that. I, I wouldn't say that I learned the language for sure. Um, but being somewhat familiar, at least with the types of terminology that uh, martial artists use commonly, um, definitely helped, uh, in the realm of martial arts, you know, in those martial arts environments is what I mean. And if you're, if you're learning those things, it's really helping your, you know, your memory, you know, um, and, it's it's I mean it's probably helping a lot of things. I'm not sure exactly what all it's helping. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm, I may not be explaining that in the be- the best way, but but if maybe later on if our in in our conversation if I think of <laughs> <laughs> if it comes to if, you. if it comes to me on, on on how it helps academically, um, I'll definitely throw it in there. But I I would say I would say it would have to, you know. Right. I would say, if nothing else, just the having to memorize it is going to um, help you. Yeah. Well, that may be part of just discipline, you know? Right. Because, I mean, doing anything academically is going to require a fair bit of discipline nah. to actually learn it. <laughs> nah. That's not what martial arts is about. <laughs> they don't do discipline. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, it, I think that, you know, the martial arts helps students and especially kids. And that's something that you are passionate about as kids learning martial arts. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and why you think it's so important? Yeah, of course. So like I said, said earlier, uh, with a previous question is that, you know, I started whenever I was was eight years old, you know, and that was the minimum age requirement for the, for the class, you know, and I was, I was quite the rambunctious kid. Um, I had a lot of energy 
and but I was the youngest. I was the youngest in my family. You know, a family of uh, you know four siblings, four total siblings. You know, I was the youngest. And uh, man, my older brothers would make me so mad. <laughs> they love to see me get mad. As and and I quote from my oldest brother Morgan. When you get mad, you just get all red, and you can just see the steam coming out of your ears, and then you just blow, and it's just so funny. Now, do they still do that to you? They try. (laughs) Does it work? No. If I ask them, will they say differently? I don't think so. They call me pretty boring now. Oh. They think I'm boring now. So anyways, back to kids learning martial arts. Yeah, sorry. A little, <laughs> a little off subject, perhaps there. That's right. Rabbit trails are okay. Yes. <laughs> well, it is your podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the question. Um, as far as kids, so so what I mean, so why what I'm getting at by telling you that story is that I was... You know, I was just a tear as a little, as a little, as a kid, you know, and I'd get in trouble, kind of pick fights. And as I went through martial arts, I learned how easy it was to hurt people seriously, like seriously hurt people. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, I think I was, I think I was 10 years old. That would have made me possibly a green belt. Okay. Possibly. Uh, I was most, more realistically, I guess, an orange belt. Maybe a, a four-stripe orange belt. Um, but I remember having this epiphany. is like, I could choke another kid out and I could just kill him super easily. That's pretty violent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But it's true. But it's true. Like, I remember, for some reason, at a young at a young age, you know, t- of 10, like, I remember that. Like, it'd be so easy to hurt someone to the point where they would never be the same ever again, if, if alive. And I was like, wow, I gotta be careful. Like, I gotta be careful. Like, I'm, I don't want someone taking my life, and I don't want someone hurting me to the point where I can't do martial arts, or do this, or do that in my life. You know, I don't want my arm being broken and just, you know, just, just, just a, just a general thought of that, you know? And so it helped me control my anger is what I'm getting, is what I'm getting at. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't lose it as easy as easily. Cause you know, I realized if I lost my anger and I stopped caring about that person, I could easily hurt them and change their life forever. And so I think in that aspect, if, you know, kids who have a hard time controlling their anger that are maybe, you know, punch walls when they get mad or they storm off, you know, and do all these, do all these, these really, really harmful things. You could scare their parents or hurt themselves or hurt their siblings or friends or even get expelled from school, you know, from getting into too many fights. You know, that's not a good thing. And martial arts is a really good, is a really good outlet for one, and it teaches you self-control. You know, martial arts, I feel that talking with other, with other people um, in the martial arts community, 
kids sometimes find their self-control through different ways. So like for me, it was the realization that, sorry, it was the realization that uh, kind of the old adage from the very first uh, uh, Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> you know, that was, that was my epiphany. You know, sure. That was my, sure. that was my thing. And, and for other, for other, for other kids, you know, it can come different ways, but that was mine. That's why I think it's so important for kids to have martial arts because you're going to have good role models, you know, and hopefully you have good role role models. If you're at a good school, you're going to have good role role models. Um, and it's a great physical outlet, especially if, you know, especially if that particular kid doesn't fit a traditional mold like maybe they don't like football and they don't like you know soccer or they don't like this or they don't like that but they like martial arts you know they should be given that opportunity for sure to be able to to have that in their life you know sure um speaking of sports did you play any sports or did you just do martial arts well I was, I was in sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what does that mean? <laughs> so I, man, I played a mean left field. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. So you, you were put out there because you were no good is what you were saying. <laughs> well, the only thing I was good at is I had a good, strong arm. So if a, if a, you know, if some, if a kid could get the ball out there, I could throw it back in. I could throw it back in pretty well, but that was about it. Yeah. I had really bad eyesight. (laughs) Well, had. I still do, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) The good good people at uh, VisionWorks, they keep trying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought a little bit there. Uh, That's okay, though. (laughs) Um, So... Something I do want to go back to is you mentioned uh, kids getting in too many fights at school and that kind of thing and how martial arts is good for kids and um, being able to control their aggression and anger if they have anger issues. And I think that sometimes people get afraid that if a kid has anger issues, putting them in martial arts is a bad idea because it's going to teach them how to actually hurt people more. And in my experience, that's not what happens, is if you take a kid with anger issues, what ends up happening is, um, as long as they can stick with class, they actually mellow out, and they're they're not having so many anger issues, because they're able to take that aggression out in class for one, and for two, they are learning, like you said, how e- how easy it is to actually hurt people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think, I think that's really important, um, for parents to understand is, you know, if you're, if your kid has anger issues, martial arts is a must. Yeah. Um, something I've even thought about is like, you go to, um, like a boy's ranch Mm -hmm. where they take troubled, troubled teen boys. Um, you know, I almost wonder if it would be a good thing to go to places like that and teach martial arts. 
You know, I've thought about that myself, <laughs> and I think it would be a good, like, a really, really good idea. The only thing is, I don't know how. Huh, I don't know how you'd ever, imp- you know, implement it. I guess. Like, get in? Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd have to know someone, and they'd have to really trust you. Yeah. Um, or you'd have to make a really good case for it, because I think that the counselors would be terrified. Oh, for sure. <laughs> to some extent. And, uh, you know, to know that these ki- these boys they're working with are now being taught how to potentially permanently <laughs> dismantle them <laughs> is a, a good way to put it. Yeah, A nice way sure. to put it, I think. Um, but no, I, I think it's really important that, that kids, especially with anger issues, and it, it's not just anger issues, but kids that are shy, um, you put them in martial arts, they don't have to really talk or interact with the other kids, but they'll work with them. Yeah. And over time, they'll grow to be more confident. Um, would you say, just to throw another question at you here, would you say that martial arts help develop your leadership skills? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think all of my leadership skills came from martial arts, matter of fact. <laughs> um, man, I don't even know where to begin with that, que- that question except for yes. <laughs> so, you know, in our style, we're allowed to kind of become like junior instructors uh, what that really means, once you're a green belt, you can start leading stretches. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and as soon as I was a green belt, you know, I was, you know, I was not, I wouldn't say I was leading stress stretches, but I was pretty regularly allowed to lead like one or two stretches, you know? Sure. And, uh. And as I progressed, I, you know, it just kind of got more and more and more. And then when I was a brown belt, I was leading quite a bit. Um, I was teaching, you know, teaching throws. I was teaching floor work, you know, uh, usually in a smaller group, not to the whole class. Um, but I, but I remember in smaller groups, I would, I would be teaching that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, now, now, were you shy to begin with? Well, see that. See that's what I was about to get to. Is that okay. I was extremely shy, <laughs> <laughs> and but in in martial art, you know, in our class, at least our sensei, he didn't. He did, he doesn't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so if he says, you know, go lead, lily this, you just do it. Right. And so... You didn't question, or you didn't dare to question. You didn't, yeah, it's more like you don't dare to question, for sure. Probably if we had said no, he would have been like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, but. probably. Um, <laughs> and not and not that since I done is, like, you know, mean or anything, because he wasn't. No, no. <laughs> you know, but it's just the fact, you know, that, you know, you're a kid, I think, and, you know, they're the adult, and, and you want to be in class, and you don't want to cause a problem because you want to continue <laughs> coming to, and so you just kind of took a you know a big swallow, and you just did it, you know, and and you know once you do something you don't want to do, you get a little bit stronger, you know, right? You get a little less afraid, and you get a little better at it, uh, you know. At least that's how my experience has been doing things that I'm uncomfortable with. 
Um, and that's kind of how that that's kind of how the development of the leadership skills skills were gained through mar through martial arts. Because I started out teaching very small and progressively got more and more responsibility. You know, as I got up into rank, you know, it wasn't just this is how you throw a punch or this is how you know everyone touch your toes. <laughs> you know, during stretch <laughs> during stretches. No, you were leading. You know, pretty advanced throws and locks to people that are or to kids, other kids. You know. Um, and that's, that's kind of a serious, serious thing. You know, you're teaching someone how to do, you know, you know, Sotogari, you know, <laughs> to, you know, a, you know, another eight, to an eight year old, you know, when right. you're a teen, when you're a teenage teenager, it's like, be careful, <laughs> be careful. So you have to learn, you know, but then you have to have to teach it to an adult too, that just started last week. <laughs> right. And it, it's it's like, man, you really got to you learn to navigate those situations working mm -hmm. with people that are younger, your same age and adults, you know, because regardless of your age, you're still wearing, you know, a purple belt or a brown belt. And that's a that's a pretty serious, serious, serious thing. Um, so you say that you were really shy. Yeah, but. You probably actually started getting up in front of the class before I ever actually started in the class. Because I think when I started, you were a blue belt. Um, I believe. You were green or blue. And yeah, uh, from the time I knew you, I, I thought of you as being a very, very outgoing person. Um, and... Even to this day, I, I can be. I'm way more outgoing than a lot of my siblings are. But, but by a lot of people's standards, I'm considered very shy still. And, um, you know, one thing that I think about is I had my dad and my brother in the class. And if I got called up to teach, I could kind of look down at my dad and he'd give me this head nod of approval. That yeah. gave me a little boost of confidence, even though I was still really shy. And I'd get up there and I would talk real quiet and be like, <laughs> all right, guys, let's stick stick a hand out and, yeah. and, and stretch. <clears throat> this is Ikkyo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. and, and I'd be really shy, but I, I could look down to my dad and kind of get that nod of approval. And that would kind of keep my confidence going. As far as I know, you didn't have any family in the class. Nope. So did you have anyone that you kind of looked to? <laughs> did you just look to David Dunn? Yeah, so that's the funny thing. I would look to Mr. to you know, to Sensei Dunn and uh it'd be no expression. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, you know. He'd have his arms crossed or one hand touching his chin, just just looking at just just looking at me, and so so I I never under I never knew if I was doing good or if I if he was about to take away my belt. Like, like <laughs> so something that we had determined from fairly uh, probably from about orange belt on. Uh, we had determined that if Sensei Dan wasn't coming over and correcting you, even if he wasn't saying you were doing a good job, you were doing it right. Yes. You know, yeah. and so it was something that we had kind of determined early on that that was probably the case. And so if he was walking towards us, we were like, oh, no, <laughs> what what are we doing? Let's fix it. Fix it fast. You know, See, 
I feel like you. <laughs> I feel like you caught on a lot faster than I did because I don't. Fe- I don't feel like I gained that knowledge until I was a second degree black belt. <laughs> well, that was that was fairly recently too, wasn't it? This was about two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's I'm kind of halfway. I'm kind of halfway joking though. Yeah. Uh, so, but to, to really kind of. There are some things that come to my mind when you when you ask that question. Did I have anyone though to look up to? So I, you say that I always kind of appeared to be an outgoing per- person, right? But I was extremely shy. Well, shy may not be the most accurate word to describe how I felt though. Um, I was very unconfident, or yeah. Yeah. Like, I just did not have any confidence in what I was doing. There was a family uh, that was was in our was in was in our classes. They were much higher rank and much older than I than I was. So there were there was this family, James Clark, um, and he had he had two daughters and a son, uh, Jake, and then Krista and Ashley. So Krista and Ashley were extremely outgoing and very good martial artists. And they would lead class probably the majority of the time. Well, lead stretches at least. Um, And they were very happy and energetic and outgoing. Um, I was pretty good at faking it. (laughs) (laughs) So I could see someone that was doing pretty well. And I just kind of just act like they were... You know? Okay. So you were kind of parroting and... Yeah. Yeah. Which we see that now with students whenever they go up to lead stretches. If you notice, they'll copycat exactly how they've most commonly seen stretches done. Yeah. And they don't improvise. Yeah. Like they don't... They'll even use the same exact jokes. (laughs) Yeah. That the sensei used (laughs) last week. And so it's funny because you see that parroting. And so, and it's funny because, you know, the humor, the joking can kind of help settle, settle the butterflies in your stomach if you can make everyone laugh. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. That's why I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, I remember, so I remember uh, the Clarks, um, well, I, of course, we know James and, and uh, his son Jake. His daughters, I vaguely remember, they weren't in the class real long after I started. Yeah, you know, I don't remember off top of my head right now if they even got their black belts. I know that they were very, very close. I remember... I remember purple belt I remember for them. purple belts for them. I remember when they got their purple belts. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, but I don't remember after that, you know? I remember, you know, I was, I think, a young teenager and Ashley... Uh, I think, I think Ashley's the oldest, I believe. Um, and I remember, I remember she was working, uh, in Nixa and then I think she was getting ready to go off to college. So I think it's one of those things that how, I think, I think it's one of those ways that the majority of our students, how we lose them is they go off to college right? And they forget about us martial artists. <laughs> they forget about us. And so I think that's kind of I think that's kind of how how it happened is that the you know mm-hmm. we, she went to college and then her younger sis, sister went to college and they just kind of 
either they didn't want to do martial arts anymore uh, or they just found themselves, you know, kind of tied up with life as many of us are, are very well aware of. It's very easy to happen. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, we have had a lot of people in, in class over the years who, once they get to brown belt or in some cases they make it to black belt, and like right after that, they're going off to college. Yeah, and they're yeah. just gone. Yeah, and we've had a few that have talked about wanting to come back. You know, that now that they've kind of gotten through college and everything, and um, a few people that have that we've stayed connected with that have talked about coming back, but they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something where there's kind of that um, they miss it. Yeah, they kind of want to get back into it. They're not in college anymore, but they're also still dealing with life as an adult. Yeah, and which is not easy. (laughs) It's not easy, and if you didn't stick with it through college, I think it's going to be really hard to get back into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, even I'm guilty of having some breaks in my training, you know, and it's like once you're gone for like a year, when you come back, you feel like you're a white belt, and you're like, ugh. What am I doing here? <laughs> right. It, even though it's not that not that bad, it's really all in you. Really all in your head. You, you know you don't go, you know you don't go five years to martial arts and have a break and then just forget everything. You know it might right. take a little bit to get your body back into shape, but you probably remember most of everything. You sure. Know, at least that's sure. what. At least in my experience of the people that have have gone and come back. Yeah, and I mean I so. I took a forced break because I dislocated my knee Um, in class. Actually, we were filming judo throws and I stepped wrong on a Horayagoshi. My foot got caught in the mat and my knee twisted out of place. Caught it on video. It was super loud popping and cracking. Yes, it was. I Um, was there. Yes, Sam was there. (laughs) But uh, so I, I ended up taking that was that was a long break. Because yep. I had to have knee surgery, which it took like two months after the actual injury for me to go through surgery. And by that point, I was actually walking and moving fine. I almost opted out of the surgery. And then after the surgery, it was like another nine months before I could get back into it. And since then, it's been, I don't know, two or three years now that uh, I have had to take it easy up until fairly recently on a lot of judo throws. And now I'm kind of back to where I've got enough strength in that leg again that I'm pretty confident with most of most of my judo and, and throws. Um, but I did take a break at one, one uh, fall, or not fall, it was in the spring. If you remember, I took a break for like maybe two or three months. And, yeah. And I told, told you guys I was, I was working a lot and just had a lot on my plate, a lot on my schedule and decided I needed to just take a break for a while. And I think that's all right, you know, to step, oh, yeah. step away and just kind of, cause you can't do everything all the time. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> uh, it's, you know, it's pretty healthy. I think no matter what you're doing, you know, if you're, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to word this, you know, martial arts is, is, if you're doing it, you know, as much as you were doing it, because <laughs> you were doing a lot, 
you know, you were training at other schools. Uh, you know, shh, shh. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was sharpening my skills. We'll put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but um, I just mean, I just mean that you were doing a lot. You know, you were doing a lot of martial arts. You were working. And, you know, you're doing all of this stuff and it's really good to, to take a step back, take a deep breath and then come back to it fresh, you know, right. Most all, there's a reason why all pretty much all sports have off seasons. You know, you can't do stuff like that all the time. It's rough on your body. It's really hard mentally, you know, and so I think it's it's mentally and physically, especially physically uh, healthy to take short breaks, especially after a really, really long training sessions, which was basically what you were doing, you know. Right. And I, I do remember, actually, now that you mention it, I was doing a lot of martial arts training on top of the fact that I was working full time. I think I was doing... Um, six or seven hours worth of classes a week between our classes. And then I was also doing, I believe at the time I was doing uh, BJJ. Yeah, you were. And BJJ takes a lot out of you. It does. It's a lot of energy. And, you know, you're part of really the whole point of that system and really any good system is you're learning how to use your your opponent's strength against them. Um but in that, it takes time to get used to it. And whenever you've got someone who outweighs you and, and can out-muscle you, um, for you have an hour of class and then an hour of rolling on the mat time with people. Um, and I think I was doing two two or three classes of those a week and then two or three classes of ours a week. And um, so at least six hours. Yeah. <clears throat> and, that's a lot yeah it was a lot and I was working full time on top of all that and I had honestly just gotten tired and a little bit burnt out Yeah. Um, so I needed to take a break and step away for a couple of months and it took me a little while to get back to where I wanted to actually go back to class again because that's really what happened is I got really burnt out <clears throat> um Something I do want to, once again, jump back to is you started to talk about the Clarks and how they were kind of the people that you looked up to in the class. Mm -hmm. So can you share any more on that? Yeah, for sure. So, well, I'm not, I'm not sure of how much more I can really share. Um, just cause I was really young back then and I, my memory may not serve me correctly, I suppose. Uh, if you guys are listening, you can definitely uh, jump down in the comments and let me know. Uh, you know, I wanted to be liked, you know, and Krista and Ashley were very, very, very well liked in in the class, you know, and that's where we kind of jumped into uh, as far as, you know, kind of mimicking other, you know, students that were doing very well in the class. So, you know, I've, I really looked up to them, you know, uh, I guess you call them, you know, role models in, 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 sure. the, in the class. I'm not sure they'd be my peers because they were, I don't remember our exact age difference, but I believe Ashley and Krista are, are, 
are, you know, at least a couple, three or four years older than I am. Right. You know, I'm not positive. I, I don't really remember. Um, again, if you're listening, you can jump down in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> um, you know, to be completely honest, I know where they're at right now. I believe Ashley's married. Um, Jake is married. Um, you know, it was really, it was really sad whenever, um, you know, they moved cause they moved pretty recently. I guess it feels, feels more recent than it probably is. It was a couple years ago. It was a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I don't remember where they moved though. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I feel like I just looked up to them, you know, as role models in the class. Um, and I think I got a lot of my uh, teaching points from them as well. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> like kind of goes a, back a to the... style. Yeah, that kind of goes back to the... You're probably going to parrot who you enjoyed yeah. the most as yeah, a they made they made class a, a ton of fun. Right. Yeah, a ton of fun. And Jake was was more serious than his sisters were, I think. Like, he just had a more serious attitude, very military, you know. Oh, yes, for sure, um, for sure. And so there, I think there was probably a big difference between Jake's teaching style and his sister's teaching styles. Yeah. And then um, James Clark, his dad, had a very, just very kind of natural, like, I'm your friend yeah <laughs> teaching style yeah. i definitely yeah. know you know what you mean <laughs> you know i don't know if that's the right way to explain it but yeah i think it i think it i think it comes across in the right way though right so like when like when james came up to teach it wasn't like you were in like a classroom or even like a martial arts setting it's like it's like you asked him a question he's like come on brother let me explain it to you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> You know? Right. And, like, he would even get into um, physics. Yeah. He liked to get into physics when explaining throws, which was always fun. Yeah. So, but I don't know if you remember remember, remember this, but, but James wasn't, or he probably still is. I don't think he's retired yet. Uh, and it, But he's an engineer. Right. Uh, him and his wife, I believe, were actually were engineers. Or are engineers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he really liked explaining things in you know a, he explained it in a different way than most people explain things right you, you know he really liked the body mechanics mm -hmm. of throws and diagnosing why a throw works or why this technique works or why it wouldn't work you know he liked diagnosing it to the nitty-gritty you know sure um, and that was really really beneficial well and he would show really He'd do these really neat little demonstrations too, where like one time he tied, he took his, he had a rubber training knife and he took a string and tied it around someone's waist and had them stand with their feet shoulder width apart with the, the training knife kind of dangling from the string between their legs and had them lean forward to show you where their balance point moves as they lean forward. And so it was stuff like that. Yeah. That, you know, his, his teaching style was fun and interactive. Yes. You know, and so it, he gave he gave good visuals. Yes. Um which help a lot. Uh probably probably 
one of the people that I would say in, in at least some capacity influenced all of us in at least teaching our judo was Chuck Peace. Yes. Because yes. Chuck was also very fun. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he would make a lot of jokes. Uh, just to give you an idea, one time we were asking him, you know, what what's legal, what's illegal in the sport of judo? And his response was, anything's legal as long as the judge doesn't see it. <laughs> you know, you could, I didn't hear you, him say that, but I remember you telling me he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he would say, you can punch him if you want, just don't let the judge see it. <laughs> you know, you can use all the pressure points in the world as long as, you know, the, the referees, it's hidden from them. Um, so as we're kind of coming to an end here, uh, one more question if you could study any other style of martial art, what would it be and why? BJJ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> why? I think it is one of the most effective uh, martial arts out there. Um, talking about the combative style of BJJ, not so much the sports style. Mm-hmm. Even though... I love, for what I've learned from BJJ, from BJJ, because I've I've been to a couple classes, and trained just a little bit in it, um, and have had, uh, in fact, um, uh, one of your uh, your sister's husband, uh, who was a, I guess before he went back to, they moved back to Australia, uh, he he was a blue belt, just got promoted, right. To a blue belt? Is that what it was? So he, before he went back? Yeah. He had just gotten promoted to purple. Okay, so purple. So He came over as a blue belt. Yeah, so he came over as a blue belt. So I've known, so only, so I've known him when he was a blue belt, right then right after he got promoted to uh, purple belt. And he worked with us a lot in our class on Saturdays. Uh, a lot on different things. Um, and so I learned a lot from, a lot from him as well. Um, and he would point out some different things about sport judo versus combative judo. You know, um, we didn't get into really heavy conversations about it or, any, or anything, but but did point out some some differences. Um, and I really like the idea of sport judo because I really like the sport, like the idea of the sport judo, and I sport BJJ. You know, but. Uh, deep down like i really care about the self-defense so like our art is a self-defense based martial art right it's not meant it's not it's not meant to go three rounds it's going to be as quick and as dirty as absolutely possible (laughs) right right (laughs) you know um and as far as that that goes i feel like combative bdj is is more along the lines of, you know, our training, mm-hmm. you, you know, so it kind of fits a little bit better. Sure. You know, in, in, you know, in our style, we can go to the ground, yes, but our goal is to get back up as fast as possible. But if you can't, you know, for some reason, if you have to be down, you might as well win while you're on the ground. Right. (laughs) 
And I think that uh, BJJ is a sport. Um, if I'm honest, the guys that are really heavy and just just into the sports side of it kind of drive me crazy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, because in my experience, a lot of times, at least the lower ranks, and this may just be because they're lower ranks, but they kind of have a an attitude that their sport is the ultimate self-defense. Hmm. Well, if they're only learning the sport side of it, they don't know self-defense. You know, hmm. and to give an example of what I mean be, between sport and BJJ and um, self-defense-focused BJJ, as I talked to you about this the other day, sometimes it can have to do with something as simple as where you're grabbing. Yeah. You know, if you're grabbing, in, in the sport, you might be grabbing their, their gi, their material mm-hmm. to manipulate their arms and move them and try and lock them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and even you can watch sport BJJ techniques where they're using the gi. They're pulling it out from the person's belt and using it to choke them. They're wrapping it around the guy's <laughs> yeah. neck, you know. And it's like, in real life, you're not going to ha- come up to someone on the street who has a gi on. It's unlikely. And, it's but unlikely. not impossible. No. So but you gotta you gotta learn how to grab someone and control them. Yeah. By grabbing their arms and grabbing their head or whatever. Yeah. You know, not grabbing just the material of the uniform. Yeah. And so you get guys that are really focused on the sport and I think sometimes they can be a little um high and mighty, so to speak. Okay. Uh that being said I do have a lot of respect for BJJ because it's a very um, it's a very technical sport. Mm-hmm. You know, the techniques are very intricate. Yeah. And you do have to know a lot to be good. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, it's extremely phys- physical. Yes. It's probably, it's it probably the most physically demanding uh, martial art I have ever, I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, it's exhausting. <laughs> And I'm not sure between me and you who's had more experience in BJJ training. Um, I would say you probably, maybe like it's Matt probably, hours. Yeah. Michaela, so Michaela and I, we do a lot together when no one's around. You know, we do a lot of training. Mm-hmm. Um, grabs, chokes, you know, just slow grappling, you know. Um, but it's probably as far as actual mat time with with people your own rank uh, or higher. I would probably guess it's you, um, but it's a guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither one of us have any official rank in BJJ, as far as I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you I hesitated. Was, I was like, I was, wait. I was making you think there. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, do you? <laughs> No, I don't have any official rank. I did. I did train for a little while with Mike over at, at uh, Springfield BJJ, um, and then I've done some training at a couple other places. Uh, pro- I think the first place I did any BJJ training outside of our our school was actually at Springfield Fight Club, and that was several years ago. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and I remember there was a brown belt there that. I I would roll with. He was an older guy, and he would move like a snail, <laughs> and there was yep. nothing you could do to stop him. Yep, <laughs> he would move really slow, and you could not keep his arm from coming around. You could not stop him. Yeah, from getting to where he wanted to go. He was that good. 
and he would move really slow and it would almost drive you crazy because <laughs> that arm slowly sliding around your neck and you're like, why can't I stop? This? Why can't I stop? This? <laughs> you know, and that, that actually is probably like, I've, I've um, done a little bit with some BJJ black belts. And I think that the way that that brown belt grappled was actually probably one of the best that I've ever grappled with just because it's very interesting he would move that slow and you couldn't stop him you know i've I've worked with black belts that they'll stay in one position for a long time to see what you'll try and do to get out of it and then they'll quickly switch positions yeah and stay there for a little while and they they take it easy on you but they're also not going to just let you win yeah um you know and to me that's almost more them just trying to show you what they can do yeah versus a guy that's gonna continuously move but just move really slow yeah and that way he he actually even pointed this out to me he said in his opinion moving slow also teaches the person he's grappling how to do things yeah because you'll see how he's moving versus if he's moving fast you'll miss it yeah you know and so he's teaching you as he's moving you know i i think you know, I think even as a, uh, you know, if you're in BJJ and, you know, you have a blue belt on, most people with a blue belt, you know, don't feel like they need to prove anything. Anything. That's just, just how hard it is to even get a blue belt, you know. Right. And then a purple belt, it's like even less to prove. <laughs> and then a brown belt, it's like I'm, you know... Yeah, I'm gonna need to work, you know, my butt off to get my black belt. But in every <laughs> training situation, it's just it's just like they're trying to share everything they they've learned, mm-hmm. you know, possibly from the past. Oh goodness, eight years, right? <laughs> in some cases, right. some cases ten for black for brown belts. That, um, you know, that may be something we talk about one day on this podcast is the fact that in BJJ systems, used to people would get their black belt in three years. Yeah. And that's changed. And I've heard some suggest that it's changed because it's just gotten that much more competitive and that much more advanced from what it used to be. Yeah. But then I've also heard other people say that the reason it's taking longer is to keep people in it longer Mm. Um, from a business standpoint, if you get my drift. Yeah. And so I'd almost like to talk to someone who's much more involved yeah. than I am in it, who who can kind of give their opinion on that. Um, because, you know, you look at some people who are heads of systems of BJJ now were guys that got their black belts in three years. Yeah. Um, and everyone who they promote to black belt, it took their students, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And in some cases, depending on where you go, it can take... A really long time. Yeah. So. I mean, the general consensus is now between, you know, all the major schools is that eight years, pretty much absolute minimum, minimum for a black belt in BJJ. Yeah. Of, of, you know, of, of any lineage. Right. You know, um, and that's kind of strange personally, because in all other martial arts, it varies drastically. Right. 
<laughs> well, some martial arts were designed to be learned quickly, while others are designed not to be learned quickly. Yes. Um, if you're learning, you look at certain systems of Taekwondo are meant to get you to black belt in a year yeah. or two years, where like our system takes a minimum of five years to get yeah. to black belt. Yeah. Um, with an age requirement. With an age requirement. <laughs> you have to be at least 16. Yeah. Um, and a lot of older uh, instructors that I've talked to have similar rules for their students. Is that they have to be at least 18 in some cases. Yeah. And uh, one in particular, his opinion was that you can't have a black belt until you can take down a full-grown man. Yeah. I think that's a good... I think that's a good standard because yeah. you shouldn't really have a 12-year-old with a black belt on. No. Because there's a good chance that 12-year-old, unless he's just a huge 12-year-old and <laughs> really good, yeah. is not going to take down a 25-year-old yeah. guy. See, see, that's why I've always been really in favor of having below 18 ranks. Like, if you're yeah. under 18, you're in a completely different ranking system. You may learn the full system... But you're not eligible for a full black belt until that. But I don't think the year should go um, unrewarded, as I sure, say, sure. as I should say. Especially because for kids, um, especially, it's extremely important for rewards. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to give them something to, to work to, for. Yeah, work for it. I get, that's a better. That's what I'm trying to say. You know. They need something to continuously work for, you know, and work towards. Right. And to give an example, too, is it's my understanding that in traditional judo training, um, for kids, the, the belt system goes white, yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, brown, black. Mm -hmm. For adults 18 and above, it goes from white to, black, to brown to black. Yeah. There's just three belts. Yeah. Um, and I know that some BJJ schools have started adding in special belts for kids. Yeah. Like the kids will start with a gray belt. Yeah. You know, and they'll get stripes on their gray belt. And then by the time they're done with all the stripes and requirements for that, I believe they move up to blue belt. Or maybe it's a, a white belt with yellow stripe or something. It depends on the school. Yeah. Yeah. So, they all vary so much. Yeah. So... I think that's going to be it for today's podcast. Um, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. Happy to do it. All right, guys, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you thought. Until next time, os and God bless. Thanks.